Hey guys, let's give a big thank you to one of our sponsors. Anchor has really been the easiest and fastest way that I have um, launched my podcast. It has given me everything I need for free. I don't have to pay any monthly fees, which I can use right from my phone or computer. There is a lot of great creation tools to allow me to record and edit so that my podcast does sound great and personal. Um, they also distribute your podcast for you. Right now, I'm um, I'm streaming on six different platforms, so it can be heard anywhere: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no min- minimum listenership. So go download the app Anchor app today, or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Thanks again, Anchor, and I look forward to releasing more episodes. Good evening, everyone. This is Deanna Kempel here with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. Tonight, I have a very special guest. She's my cousin by marriage. So my cousin, blood cousin, is married to her. Her name is Lisa Cicernos, and she is a very talented writer. She launched an Indiegogo project, and it's a short horror film called Everything's Fine. And we're going to talk about why this is important on this podcast and the impact that it's going to make because it's actually a very interesting subject. I'm going to hand the microphone over to her now and and have her introduce herself, tell us about herself, her background, and you know we're going to get into the, we're going to get into the thick of it. So, Lisa, hello. Thank you for having me on. If I start talking about myself, I'm going to talk a lot. But no, I hold on. I'm getting cozy here. We're sitting on we're recording on Dee's bed today. So yes, my name is Lisa Cisneros Leidendorf, technically, but everything I do professionally, I do under Cisneros, so I have to clarify that my husband listens, and then he'll, he'll say, <laughs> when you sign the checks at the bank, you're Leidendorf, but everything else you do, and I say yes, because if I ever make it big, I want everyone to know that it's me. <laughs> but that. okay, so I have to think about how I'm going to introduce myself here. I'm a freelance writer and producer, and I work with my very good friends, Danny Rhodes and Teresa Schaefer, and our company, Rhodes Clothes Productions. You've been working on some projects with Danny and Teresa, and, and those have been some really cool projects and that you've, like, films and stuff like that. So tell me about, or tell us and the audience about, like, what your part is and all that, because I just think it's so cool. I think that you're awesome. And tell me a little bit about your experience and the things that you guys have been up to the last couple of years. Okay. I have pretty much always wanted to be a writer. I asked for a typewriter when I was six years old so I could write stories. And funny enough, I actually inherited from a deceased relative like a manual, I don't know the proper term for it, but it wasn't electronic. So I asked for an electronic typewriter when I was six and my parents tricked me and gave me the manual typewriter with like they connected an electrical cord to it and uh, I totally I was like so disappointed and then they were like ah just kidding and they actually got me the typewriter um yeah it was cute and yeah I've always wanted to write so jumping way ahead to 2013 I do have a background in journalism I was a reporter for a while I got engaged I got pregnant I decided I was going to stay home and take care of my son I quit my job. I was in an awful sales job at the moment and or at the time, and I didn't mind quitting at all. But around 
and I swear there is a point to this. So around my eighth month of pregnancy, I was like a super happy pregnant woman. But around the eighth month, I started to think about like, okay, I'm not working anymore. What's my identity? Am I just a wife and mother? And not like there's anything wrong with that at all. But I just started to get that like, ooh, is my husband going to resent me because I'm not working? Sure. And and I missed writing. I had quit my journalism job because the hours were, it was, it was a lot. This topic for another time. But I really missed writing a lot, and I was feeling nostalgic, and I was going through some of my old stories. I'd been writing short stories since I was probably about 13, and I found one that I wrote for a final project when I went back to school, and it was about Haitian zombies. And I just, on a whim, sent it to my friend Danny one day, and he emailed me the next day and said, hey, I have this idea for this movie. Would you write the script with me? I was like, oh, really? That's or, you know, exciting. I'm getting goosebumps just like thinking, hearing that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. I was like, oh my god, like answer to my prayers, like yes, I want to write a script with you, absolutely. So, and I, and I have a sad story about everything I wrote before I was 21, but we can go to that. Let's not be too. sad. Let's keep um, it positive. <laughs> no, everything I wrote from like 13 to 21 on my 21st birthday, I shredded all of it. Because, oh wow! Yeah, you should have kept it though. I know. I had that like, you know, sometimes you write things that are embarrassing or oh, you yeah. think they're, you just don't think they're good enough and. If you die, you don't want anyone to find them. So I destroyed everything. And I had some really cute stuff, too, because in high school, I used to write, like, funny poems for my friends. and That could come uh, in handy now with, like, yeah. what you're doing. And you know? I wrote all sorts of, like, macabre but, like, comical short stories. And But anyway, so Danny asked me if I would write this screenplay with him. And so I'm, like, out to here pregnant, and we're meeting, you know, every week and working on this. And we finally finished it. And it's funny, our first draft initially before we got back on track I read it now and it's terrible <laughs> it's really it's really bad and I'll, I'll take the blame for that I, I was falling into a trap that writers fall into sometimes where you write things because you know you think they're funny or you write something and oh that's a really good line even yeah. though it doesn't go with everything else that you're talking about like oh I don't want to lose that line sure, because it's sure. so good and you're like no you have to lose the line and work around it you know just get rid of your ego and make it work so Finally, yeah, we did that, and oh, I'm going off on a tangent here. but not, we, No, not really. You're just kind of actually telling us a little bit about your background and what's brought us here today. And I know that you guys have done a lot of screenwriting together and, and, and submitted a lot of these to different film companies, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Explain to us that process that you guys have done several times that you've told me about that I'm very excited for you. I think it's awesome. I can't wait for one of your one of your screenwrites to actually come alive. Thank you. I uh, me me either. <laughs> yeah, and I oh, sorry, I'm, I'm dragging today so I'm on a tangent, but we have two films being shopped right now. One we have under uh, contract, it's a horror comedy, and then we have another that Sorry guys, my beautiful son is here also, and he's also very interested in horror, in the horror genre, like his mother, but like his mother, he also gets easily frightened, even though we love it, so he came in for a second, because he's watching some terrifying videos, so stop watching it. <laughs> you want to say hi, Van, really quick? You say, say hi. hi? Yeah. Here, hold on, pause that. Here, say, say hi, say your name. Hi. And what's your name? Donovan. Donovan, my angel baby, my, my beautiful boy. And, and what just happened, Donovan? Why'd you come well, in here? She said, don't leave me here. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Without pressing a button. He, the dad was going out and putting her on the shelf. And then she said, hi, I'm just Keisha. Don't leave me here. Oh, okay. So, okay, okay I get it. And he was 
Even talking even faster and faster with okay. different languages. Okay, we'll change your video and we're going to finish up. Yeah. But if you want to show the listeners your horror knowledge, who played the original Pennywise? Tim Curry. That's there right. There we go. Very and who good. who played the original, who played Freddy Krueger? Robert? England. England, yeah. Very there you good. Go. Very okay. good. All right, show over, kid. Go on. Go. We have to finish this. Well, that's a great segue into like what we were just talking about that we lost track of. So. We did. Well, and I had I had a, a good point about something that I can definitely give advice to people trying to get their films made or any artist trying to get their product made. It's so easily to get scammed. And so with our first movie, and we've written, we've written uh, four now or something, uh, but with our first film... People tried to scam us several times, and we luckily didn't fall for it. But there's lots of uh, people who come at you saying, like, oh, if you invest this in here, then we'll do sure. this and whatever. Sure. And I won't get into it now, but we had an incredibly funny story about a man. And I, I, because I was a former reporter, I feel like I have pretty good investigative skills. And I Googled the crap out of this guy, and I couldn't find anything. And then he was so shady. Finally, yeah. I Googled a little harder, I guess, and I found out that he was using an alias, and he had been oh. arrested <laughs> wow. yeah, for like all this fraud and stuff. And But we didn't fall for anything. But unfortunately, we had, uh, we had some other investors that, God bless them, they were committed to us. We signed contracts, and they ended up getting scammed and lost a whole bunch of their money. Yeah, I remember you and telling me about that. And we're not able to, yeah. So if it sounds too, not too good to be true, but if it feels wrong, don't do it. Yeah. I know, and they know they prey on people because they know that you're desperate to get your your things produced. And uh, I think that's true with anything, though. When you're nobody trying to become somebody, and you're like trying to break into an industry that's highly competitive, I feel like that is like just par for the course. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for sharing all that background, Lisa. Let's like talk about like what like the main subject for today. Like I'm actually very excited for you. You finally launched an Indiegogo project. I did. And that's just like, I know it's scary doing something like that. Just putting yourself out there, but I really love this subject. It's called everything's fine. So tell us about this topic. Um, so our, our audience can understand what it's about for sure. Okay. So everything's fine is a short horror film that I wrote and that I'm producing along with a couple other people. And sorry, Van is chattering in the back. I think he's having a conversation with a ghost actually back there. Who are you talking to, Van? All right, mind your business, kiddo. He's such a good boy. It's he's really been awesome for us. Like, hey, go sit in that room while I, while I do this podcast. Like, so he's having uh, fun. Though. He is. Um, all right, all right. Anyhow. It's a short horror film that I wrote and I'm producing with my partners, Danny Rhodes and Teresa Schaefer. And we, I've had the idea for the film since I had my son back in 2013. And it's about a woman, it's a day in the life of a woman who is suffering with postpartum OCD. And for those who don't know, postpartum OCD, this affects mainly women, but it can affect fathers as well. But it's when you have often very violent and intrusive thoughts about harming your baby. And it's not a psychosis. Generally, like, you're really not going to hurt your baby. You're not. But you're so paranoid. Yeah. I think it's because they're so vulnerable. And I know for me, a lot of it, it it was, I mean, and these thoughts can be sexual in nature. Like, I'm not going to be crass and describe some of the things that I I thought because I said one time. (laughs) to some people and they looked like disgusted and like well I didn't do it obviously yeah. but you know I thought it and I yeah. think it's because I, for me I think about all the horrible things that people do to children 
and they're so vulnerable and they depend on you. I've talked to some other women who've gone through this and it's much more common than people yeah. think. Yeah. It's underreported. I didn't tell anyone until my son was about three and it had stopped, but I didn't tell anybody because I was afraid like, well, they'll think I'm crazy and I'm going to hurt them and they'll take them away. And that's very, very common. The research is skewed. I've read things where it says it's between like one and 3%. Now it looks like it's up to maybe like nine to 11% because more people are becoming a little more comfortable talking about it. I mean, it's, got, it's, it's actually really sad though, because I feel like that is something that, that people should talk about. And I know that that is a real thing. That's not like, you know, that postpartum depression, that's, that's a real thing. And I'm sure that there is so much more around that than people realize because women, we are taught at a very young age to act a certain way, be a certain way. And, you know, we're not going to want to share those kind of details with somebody because, you know, we live in a judgmental society. And so, like, why... And moms are the worst. <laughs> what a bunch of bitches. Because I, I too, can be judgmental. And I know the things I thought before I had a child. And now I'm eating my words. And uh, we all we all judge one another. Try not to. But, oh, my God, the mom shaming. It's like... <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. Especially whenever when you're all, like, have something in common. And you're mm-hmm. working towards, like, the same goal, being a good mother. So, I mean, something like this subject, I think that it would be a really good to have an open discussion about, but it's just so hard because there is some real things there that make you kind of cringe, you know, like, oh. Oh, for sure. So, Pierre, so the first time I even shared with anybody that I went through this was a pretty close acquaintance of mine. We're not like every day see each other friends, but we're, we're friends. She had shared something on Facebook about suffering with postpartum depression. And it was a very candid, honest post. And so everyone was chiming in, and then I chimed in with the postpartum OCD, and I was describing some of my experiences. And this was in a group, a thread, a private thread with very trusted people that I didn't Mm -hmm. have to feel ashamed or anything. And a few minutes after I posted it, and maybe one person liked it or commented, I went and deleted it because I still felt embarrassed. That's terrible. Yeah, I still felt like like a little bit of ashamed, and I felt like a creep. I mean, and now I've, I've joined some PPOCD groups on Facebook, and I've talked to, or I've heard other heard other experiences from other women. And a common theme seems to be that you're afraid to put your baby in the microwave. That you're really? afraid you're going to put your baby. Yeah. I. A lot so of these, these, so these visions or these thoughts are almost like a like a fear that you're actually going to do it because you're thinking about it. Yeah, and okay. you can see it. You can see it yeah. like in front of you. So I remember this is probably the most tame. So I remember giving my son a bath and just I'm just gonna hold his head underwater. I'm just gonna I'm yeah. just gonna drown or poisoning him because he's gonna eat anything I give him. Yeah, he's gonna take he's gonna take anything from me. I'm his mother. He trusts me. Yeah, I can do whatever I want to this kid. There's nothing he can do. He's helpless. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think that might have something to do with it. Uh, as well, I don't know all the background because I've never talked to just anyone. Just having that power, maybe like you it knowing, could be. yeah, knowing it, that you have total control. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess that brings me to my next, like my next question. So, this film that you guys are doing, this Indiegogo film, everything's fine. Why is it so so important to make this film come alive based on your own personal experience? Well, as not to say like as an artist, no, <laughs> but as a writer. I wanted to talk about it and make a film about it for six years and it's an important topic. It needs to be openly discussed. It is a horror show. It's a horror film. That's how many people describe it. It's a horror movie that goes on in your day, in your head all day. Sure, absolutely. And um, and it's always the sweetest moments. It's always the nice, 
nice moments that get twisted. Yeah. At least for me, it was. So it's it's important to me just to fulfill the goal that I had to make this film. I it's, think that actually, I think that it's going to be good to make this film alive with this subject because it's going to create more dialogue and probably help a lot of women. I mean, you hear about women that are in postpartum that do hurt their children, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that this, well, even though it is considered a horror film, but there's a lot of reality around it and that's going to create that awareness. And I think awareness is key in everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I, we just did a, a big charity event against human trafficking and the awareness around that that we created was huge. And this is like almost just as serious, you know, people don't talk about it enough and you mm -hmm. hear these tragic stories of mothers hurting their children and maybe if they had an outlet and felt more comfortable mm -hmm. talking about it, that it would be good. Yeah, people suffering with postpartum OCD, generally, there's a small percentage who actually do something that will hurt their, their children. Sometimes they avoid their children because they're so afraid of hurting them. So they're very they're very distant or they're negligent yeah. because they don't want to touch them. Or What I would actually be really interested in learning about is about men who suffer hmm. from it. So maybe that that's, would maybe be that's the next one. Maybe. So, because men, oh, men, do, yes. men do suffer from it. But this, I just felt like I had to say something about it and I did want to open a dialogue about it. And if you look at the Indiegogo campaign in my campaign video, I said, yes, I want to raise awareness. I want someone to watch it and be like, ooh, that was me. That's how it was. I don't have to be embarrassed. Other people go through it. And yeah, I think it will, will definitely help people. So yeah. we kind of touched on this briefly, but in your experience and how you've been researching and writing the script and this film, what are some of the common myths behind this problem? As far as myths, I think doctors, how do I want to say this? They'll be more open to helping you than you think they will. So you're saying that if a woman don't is embarrassed, be don't ashamed, be afraid. I think they'll be open to listening to you and understand what you're going through and know that you're not going to actually harm your baby. But then the other side of me is like, oh, I don't know. For people who don't know, when you have a baby, you have to take your child in for lots of pediatrician appointments in the beginning. I think you bring them back the first, the day after, or the third day, whatever. So when, when you go in for like the first six months, mom has to take a little mental health assessment. Okay. So That's interesting. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. It's great that they do that, but at the same time... It almost makes you feel like you have to be careful. Right. So I yeah. had my experience. I had... It was like Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, this <laughs> bitch was such a stone face, and she scared the shit out of me. And now when I had my son, it was the coldest winter in 40 years. We were cooped up. I remember I told my friend Kristen we were finally going to go out and get like manicures. And I said, could you please bring me a Xanax? Like, I'm afraid to drive. Like, I was shaking the whole time. And I had only been out with Van in four weeks. We were only outside twice. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I had a little bit of cabin fever. So at the doctor, yeah, you have to fill this, this thing out. And it asked you if you're having anxiety, if you're thinking about hurting your baby, how you're feeling, whatever. Well this woman gives it to me. I'm at the doctor for the first time by myself with Van. It's like a blizzard. Yeah. I'm nervous. And she's standing there. Back in the day, I suffered from panic attacks, but I haven't had one in several years, which is awesome. But when I have panic attacks, my hands shake. Like, I can't hold a pen. I've had panic attacks in stores where I was, like, signing a paper and someone had to... Kristen, there again, she had to sign the paper for me. And I even told the guy, I'm like, I'm having a panic attack. I can't hold a spoon. It's always with my hands. Sure. So I have to fill this thing out, and I just feel this lady's eyes on me. And it could be all in my head. Like, all in my head. 
But I turn around, I put the form on the exam table, I turned my back to her, I put my elbow down, and I braced my arm so I could try wow. to write without shaking. That's like another subject that I'm sure a lot of people <clears throat> would like to talk about, but yeah. that's another day. <laughs> yeah, that's another day. So I don't remember if it was that time. It couldn't have been. It couldn't have been that time because I was too scared. So maybe the next time that I went in, I happened to circle that I was feeling some anxiety. And then it was like in your face, you're feeling anxious? Why are you, what's going on? What's whatever? And I so said, the bed, no. the bedtime manners was not good. Yes. So okay. I, bedside manner. Or bedtime. <laughs> whatever. Bedtime, bedtime. We are, we're, yeah. We're, um, so. <laughs> it's Friday. We had is. a couple glasses I, of wine, no. you know. <laughs> and I, I apologize again for rambling in the beginning. I was, we've had a really long week. And so we started talking. I'm like, oh shit, I got to talk now. The next time, yeah. So then I would, in your face. I would, okay, so wait, hold on. I would actually be a little bothered by that too because I know that, I mean, just from my own personal experience, I don't have any children, but answering that questionnaire is always a little nerve-wracking. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not always honest. I'm not going to mm-hmm. tell them the whole truth. But I think that that was brave that you did that. I mean, I think that it's important that women get the support that they need, especially after having a baby. Yes, so maybe it was brave <laughs> that I did it, but then I backpedaled, and I was like, no, I said, you know what? I said, we've just been cooped up, <laughs> like, I yeah. just, it's a new mom, jitters, that you know? That really sucks, though. And I got it. so scared, I'm like, they're going to take my baby. They're going to take them from me. But that's, all, no, that's to, another form right, of anxiety, Right, though. and then I'm like, and then I'm going to have to kill everybody <laughs> to get him back, and then I'm going to go to jail, and then, you know, so it was this, like, buildup of, so I backpedaled oh. immediately. But in my heart now, I'm thinking, now in retrospect, I feel like had I said something that I trust them enough now that I think that they would have been supportive and and they wouldn't have thought like, oh, she's insane or whatever. You you just get so nervous. But because he was only a couple weeks old, I didn't have that experience with that office and the people who worked there to trust them. Yeah. So it's a very... It's a fine line. Yeah. So as far as, so I, I don't think I, I technically touched on like a myth, but no, I you want could, to tell no. people to have faith, but then, uh, but I get, I get that not having faith. Cause if you, if you're not comfortable with these people and you're just getting into the a relationship, especially like a medical caretaker relationship with your child, it's going to take a while to build trust. So then where do you, unless you're already seeing somebody, you know, if, if you have like a trusted therapist that you're already seeing or, yeah, you yeah. know, you That's have someone point. you could talk to then maybe talk to them. Don't tell the pediatrician. Don't tell those people. But I didn't even tell my friends. I didn't tell my husband. I didn't tell anybody. I wouldn't either. I think that that would be really hard. You know, women and men are very different animals, right? We're emotional creatures by nature. You know, we have like crazy hormone swings every month. I mean, I'm really bold. I say what I feel, and but I would have a hard time with that too. And I see a therapist. I do. You know, and I'm sometimes like, oh, should I tell somebody I see a therapist? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I get that. I, I get that whole like concern behind that. But, but let's move on to the next question. I think this has been very informative. I, I really like this. I think this is good. This is a good subject. And I think a lot of mothers out there that have gone through this are going to really relate to you. I can only imagine the amount of guilt that goes behind these feelings and these visions that you have when you're going through this postpartum OCD. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, I know that I've had crazy visions in my head. Like, just be, when I get hormonal, I'm like, oh my God, I want to kill this person. <laughs> and then I feel bad for thinking that way. So, uh, but I think it's a sacred topic about your own baby and that's what makes this so special 
So let's talk about what do you hope to accomplish with this film? Well, I think we already touched on raising awareness. I think for me, it's going to make me feel better. So in my own... Artistic so, way. I was going to say selfish. Oh, um, selfish. It's gonna, <laughs> just to, selfish for me, too. I think it's going to do something for me to kind of put it out there and know like, hey, like, hey, hey guys, look, he's still alive. <laughs> you know, I didn't, so, I mean, I just sent him to a room and I was like, you're fine. You're not scared. It's fine. Don't watch that. Like, but he's alive, folks. So. <laughs> and know, he's I a really good boy. He is. He's such a good he boy. He is very I, sweet. I can't even believe my lucky stars, man. I, so, and I've been thinking about this for all these years and I've wanted to do it, but I've been so afraid to put myself out there and I'm like, what if people think it sucks? And people are going to think it sucks. Um, some will, I, some will. I'm, I'm a, and that's I'm, just that's just part of the yeah, course. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm a I'm a critic as well. You know, I'm critical of of people's projects, and you know, it's everything's not for everybody, and that's scary. And then also, obviously, raising awareness, a little bit of like a, a sense of like healing for myself. Like sure. now, I can laugh about okay, it. That's good. And I also, I hope I scare people. I hope that, I mean, it is a horror film, so I hope people yeah. are afraid, you know, because then that'll make me feel It'll be a about. horror film that some people, I mean, you know, that can relate to, and especially mothers, I mm-hmm. think, and probably the percentage of fathers, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know the statistics well, yeah, behind that. Well, you read, they're different. Yeah. They're different, but I, I haven't seen anything over, like, 10% or something, you know, I mean, or maybe sure. it was 11, like, it, but just from... Me talking to people, I, I just, I talked to a, Teresa, actually, my, Teresa, she uh, was telling me just about a, a friend of hers who suffered from the same thing, and um, she was taking a nap one day, and her husband was like, take a nap, um, I got the baby, you know, and she heard the microwave running, and she thought that he put, <gasps> he, she thought that he put oh the baby God. in the microwave, and she ran into uh-huh. the living room, and the baby was on the couch there, just chilling, and he was eating a sandwich or something, you know, he, he so, food So, okay, up. so just like the thoughts that she was having, yeah, that, oh, that he was wow. going to do it too, Yeah, you know? see, like just hyper-awareness. Well, and you like, do, you think that also, you think about, because I did have an experience where I left him with, this was a, a trusted person, so I don't want to say I left him with someone, but it was a trusted person who I actually <laughs> thought about, like, she's going to like hold his hand and they're going to jump off the balcony. They're gonna. That's what they're gonna. She's gonna. She's gonna kill him, or Uh. she's gonna throw him there, and then I'm gonna have to kill her, (laughs) and then I'm going. I mean, like, and then her child's not gonna have a mother, but I'm gonna be like, well, I killed your mother because she deserved it because she killed my son. Like, I I had it all. Gosh. And I'm not going to go in any further Maybe detail. Maybe it's good I'm not a mom because I'd probably be the craziest mother. But I'd I, be the craziest I was so nervous sure. about, and I'm like, no, he's fine, he's fine. But I kept, I was like, she or she's going to drown him, and and then I'm going to have to kill her. It, it, it was it's terrible. And but um, we do hear these stories on the news. We do. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I'm thinking that something like this would actually bring a little bit more attention. I think it's good. So I've already supported you. But yes, let's you tell the audience. How can they support you? You can support me, audience. Thank you so much. Um, if you are interested in, uh, and, oh, you should actually in the description we should post some post some I links will. about yeah. If you want to support me, go to Indiegogo, and you can just search for Everything's Fine short film. The background is like a. Yeah, like a medium pink. The the it comes it comes up right away. It's yeah. actually not too far down, which is good. That it's means a current, yeah. It's yeah. a it's a current you know project. 
it's Everything's Fine by Lisa Cisneros. I'm the, I started the campaign and then you can either donate and you know, I know not everyone has a money to throw around, but you can also share it on social media and that would be awesome and I would really appreciate it. And we can't wait to make the film. Yeah, I'm super nervous too because now I'm asking friends and family for money for this project and so many people have given me so much and a couple people have like really, like really like, whoa, hooked it up and I'm like, oh my God, and they've signed up as executive producers and now their name's gonna be on it and I'm like, Oh, I got to deliver, you know, and, but I, I know I can though. So I, and I will, I will, I absolutely will. So, and if people don't like it, they can scratch. So but wait, you just said something that jogged my memory that I wanted to make a point about and I forgot, but I'm very excited for her. Lisa is a very selfless person. I mean, she's, you know, since I've known her, she's just been awesome. I just love her to death. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time with her, you know, cause she's family, but she's just got a really good heart. And she's very talented. She's done a lot of things for me for free. You know, with our charity event we did, she wrote all the press releases that were just amazing and awesome. And she helped me with a little bit of a bio story as well. So I think that actually this project is really important. I want to support her regardless, but I think it's actually relevant for today's society. And I think that even though it's a horror film, you know, you can, you can label it as that. But it really isn't because it's actually reality. Women are going through this every day, and that's why I wanted to include this on this podcast, you know, label free, because we're going to label it for the nature of the industry. But when it comes to real life, this is something that people are going through. Women are going through, men are going through too. And it's important to talk about. Let's give them an outlet to be like, okay. This woman's actually putting this out there and she's going to, you know, make it into this, but it's it's reality. So I think that it's important for women to support each other and, and have an open dialogue and have a safe place for them to express these thoughts and these feelings and these emotions because they're, I mean, even though it's a low percentage, but there are women out there that do harm their child because of these thoughts. So it's important. It really is. So support her. Throw her some money or <laughs> or share it, please. I'm going to include the links in the description. And yeah, we're just going to roll with it. So we're getting ready. Do you want to have anything else to say, Lisa? I, you know, I don't think so. I think we I think we covered everything. I think awesome. I'm good. Yeah. 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 Thank you. It's always a little nerve wracking going into these, but they're so much fun. So I say have a couple glasses of wine yes, and it- I will guide the conversation. Don't worry, because it'll be good. And um, we'll edit it down, and you'll get an actual, you'll get a perfected version of our conversation. So how did this all all start? Tell me about yourself. And I'm like, ooh, like, do I start back 1979 when I was born? Well, shit. So, yes. But she, thank you, thank you, Deanna, for guiding me. And um, You did really well. You have nothing to worry about. But anyways, guys. It's been a long week. We've both been put through the river a little bit. And, yeah. yeah. I don't even know if we want to get into that because that could be another hour yeah, conversation. But so I was going to say, I was like, maybe we should do this another day. But then I came out, we were already out here and, you know, so, all right. It's all good. All good. But anyways, as always, you guys, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. I love you. I appreciate the support. You know, it's this is a label-free podcast. I'm Deanna Kemple. And to live your best life, you must live label-free. And I will talk to you soon with another really incredible subject. Have a great weekend.